Welcome to today's episode of We Were Just Thinking. I'm Shaylin. And I'm Melena. And we're here to rant, be better, tell you what we're into, think, show gratitude, and send you off with a thought to ponder. Welcome to episode seven. Thanks for joining us or coming back if you've joined us before. Let's do it. Rant time. <laughs> um, well, I started it off. I think my rant is, well, I definitely have summer on the brain. You guys know we're teachers, so it's that time of year where it gets really crazy busy because there's a lot to do to tie up the loose ends of the year. But you also have this lust in your heart for summer. Mm -hmm. um, so just feeling tired. So I don't really want to do what makes me feel great because I'm pooped, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's this vicious cycle. Like I feel great when I work out, but then I'm so pooped. I don't want to work out. Plus it's 108 degrees or it's pouring rain. And so weather obviously has a lot to do with it too, but I just feel like I know I feel awesome when I do those things, but my brain is so full <laughs> that I kind of just want to come home and veg out. <laughs> and that's a vicious cycle to get into because the longer you do that, which I'm totally fine with coming home and being like, I'm just going to veg out today. But if you do that like three days in a row, then it almost becomes a habit, which is really funny because they say that it takes 21 days to like break a habit or make a habit. <laughs> but I feel like when it's when it's not something that's hard, it can take of an course. hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's not hard to say, I'm going to veg out today. Uh, or, you know, like you get home at 630 and you've gone to work at, you know, early in the morning and you kind of, that's a full day, you and know? You, and if you have a full day, which oh, yeah. elementary school students. Uh... Yeah. I mean, there's no downtime ever. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, oh man, I've been on for 12 hours and I just kind of want to turn my brain off. And mm -hmm. watch trash TV yes. or something that I don't have to think about. Like right now we're watching Chernobyl and I like that. I have to be engaged in that. If you haven't seen that, definitely check it out. It's great on HBO. And, you know, that's like a historical piece. So that's, well, I don't guess it's a historical piece, but it's about, tr you know, history. And I enjoy those things, but it's so heavy after like a full day. Like that's not a veg out show for me, you I know? know? Veg out for me is like something super mindless, like, and I mean, not to put it down because I know the media has been buzzing about it lately, but like the bachelorette, like <laughs> yeah. you don't have to keep up with anything. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Every yeah. time they take a commercial break, they come back and show the last five minutes of what will happen before <laughs> the commercial break anyway. Yeah. So it's just a challenge to keep up with like your fitness and your whatever type of diet or lifestyle you're living. And when your brain is fried, cause you kind of just want to take the easy way out because you're so exhausted mm -hmm. and it's just that time of the year mm -hmm. for people like us to be you know thinking just let's be done. done yeah so that's probably my biggest thing right now it's 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 tiring to be tired you know? mm -hmm. yes and you just don't feel like you have the energy to put forth like a big workout or even meal prep, like, you know, you really have to, like, think about it. And already, it's not even next week yet, but I only have Monday and Tuesday left with kids. And I'm already thinking, well, there's no real need to meal prep on Sunday because I only have, you know, work for a day and a half. But then I'm like, no, I have a teacher day on Wednesday. I have a teacher day on Thursday, mm -hmm. you know. And, and I know we're going to have, like, a staff lunch and stuff like that. But I know that I'm not going to eat any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So I still need my own food and you know, it's just my brain's trying to say, hey, we can be routine free. But then the other side of my brain that 
love's routine is like, oh no, not yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yes. So. Yeah. Mine's similarly tied to the end of the year because that pressure to feel perfect. Like, I feel like I'm not allowed to get tired at the end of the year. Kind yeah. Of, you know? Because it's the time you have to push through. Yeah. And um, that pressure to be perfect when it's totally unrealistic has been really frustrating to me this week. Oh, yeah. I, I feel like the plans for the powers that be need to include the fact that we're not human and we're going to be tired at the end of the year and uh, we need to be given the opportunity to be proactive and sometimes we're forced to be reactive and um, that pressure is really frustrating because I would plan ahead. I would get things done before now so that because I know when I'm tired I don't need to plan to start a brand new workout. You know, yeah. And I feel like uh, at the end of this, every school year, really, I feel like because we're all just trying to bite off more than we can chew, um, and there's a lot of pressure to participate in that. I guess. Yeah. And I'm just annoyed today with it. I I feel like that too. I that's kind of been one of my number one complaints. Like I'm super type A planner person, you know, and I know not everybody marches to the beat of that drum, Mm -hmm. but we know this same stuff has to be done every single school year. So it, and I don't know why, because I guess this part's on me. I don't know why it blows my mind year after year that we don't get the checklists or the criteria of what needs to be done until like the week before school's out. And it's like, it's already so crazy these weeks. Why don't we start doing this stuff like a month early? The yeah. stuff you can do. You and know? if I had the checklist, I would. And I started doing things that I anticipated being on the checklist anyway. But it's like, yeah. Some of them aren't. And then you're like, well, that was a waste of time. And that's really yeah frustrating because then you think, I could have spent that 30 minutes, like literally as short as 30 minutes. I could have spent that doing something more valuable. Yes. And I want to do it well. I've struggled with this in every area of my life that like, if I'm going to do something, I want it to be done well and do less better. Yeah. And, and, and if I'm doing it the last minute while I'm exhausted, it's just not going to be quality. Like it isn't even when I push through, I tell my students that all the time with writing, like you can't force yourself to write something brilliant. Sometimes you just step back come back later when the inspiration gets you. And I feel like our education culture, or maybe me, I do it to myself. I don't think so, really. But it's like you have to be at 150% 24-7. Right. And that's just not realistic. And and that that standard that's perfect, I mean, it's just not realistic. I don't know how else to phrase it. But then it. the people who, and I'm, this applies to other professions too, but then the people who are telling you, what you need to get done <laughs> are not on it mm-hmm. because they're the ones providing you with the information, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so late in the year oh, yes. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's frustrating because I, I feel like I'm one of those people where, you know, if I feel like so much time's gone by, then I start reaching out to admin or start reaching out to the contact that's responsible for that. And I'm like, hey, when are we going to get this? When are we going to get this? I've got this ready. I'm ready to go. And then, again, you become the annoying person, or yes. I become the annoying person because mm-hmm. I'm trying to, like, um, clarify, but for them, I'm really, like, pushing them. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, maybe, yeah, I am pushing you because That's this, not my intent, this though. is your duty. No, it wasn't my intent, but then in hindsight, when I reflect back on their, you know, n- nasty responses or, you know, you can tell that they feel that I'm trying to rush them, and that wasn't my intent. But I just feel like in reflection that 
would it have been wrong if that was my intent? Because why is it reasonable for you to provide this to me so late and then expect it done immediately when I have literally 14 other responsibilities each day, Mm -hmm. you know, on top of 20 children, on top of, you know, my teaching duties. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing that kind of frustrates me is we're always, you know, we need to do better on our test scores. We need to teach till the end, blah, blah, blah. But then you give us these last minute things and it's like, it's okay if I don't teach because I need to get this stuff done. Like, (laughs) <laughs> I can just I let my kids work on their iPad. And that's just not how I operate. I know. Like, we're doing school until the last minute of school. That's how that's I feel. That happened to me is. today where I was told during class to work on something, like, within the hour while I have students. So, And, it, I mean, this is first grade. Like, you, they don't entertain themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> it's not like when I taught high school or if I needed to do something for 15 minutes, it was no big deal, you know? <laughs> And if I need to do something for 15 minutes, that means they're literally going to be playing a game. If they can even do that for that right. long. You know, you might even get interrupted with that. So, I just, I feel like, yeah, I, we could go on for a long time about <laughs> that. So. Yeah, and, and other professions can too. Like, I get it. But it, it is frustrating when you're a proactive person. Yes. And you begin with the end in mind. And basically all the seven habits of highly successful people. Uh-huh. If you possess those, which most of us do in one way or another, or one habit or another, and then, especially being at a school that preaches that, um, it's it's interesting when the people that you answer to don't abide by those same, you know, habits that are mm-hmm. expected of you. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I have, like, the fundamental disagreement, I guess. Yes, 100%. Well, and as an... Anybody in administration or leadership has to be able to say no and has to be able to say, no, we're going to cut this in order to do that well. Right. And it seems like we always cut the the most beneficial things. I feel like we... And keep the trash. Yeah. I feel like we prioritize the veneer, the scores, what looks good over what is good. Right. And, you know, that stinks. That's not what's in students' or teachers' best interest, nor is it in the best interest of those people who want those accolades, you know, or the teacher's sanity. Mm -hmm. I mean, I feel like we would want sane people teaching children, but it's just not (laughs) a sane environment all the time. There's a a lot of, yeah, a lot of people in a lot of medicine. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I actually read, I should find a source before I say it out loud, but I read that teachers have the highest alcoholism rate. Oh, wow. And I mean, I can't say I don't, I doubt it. You know, I do hear a lot of people say, tonight's going to be a wine night or, (laughs) you know, whatever. And you never know if people are just joking or whatever, but like, I could see that that's true. I've heard that colloquially, like people that were like, oh yeah, teachers get wild. Like, (laughs) like, yeah, I haven't experienced that because let me tell you, oh, you know, too, there's nothing worse than having to come to school feeling like crap from the night before. Yeah, you can't. I mean, you can't not have a full night of sleep and then, like, teach. It's just I mean, some people do it, but if those people are doing... The people who are doing it are definitely, you know, fresh out of college and and still in their 20s. I'm just going to say that. Uh, I feel very confident that that is a true statement. But, um, yeah, so that kind of leads this into, you know, doing something better 
And a lot of those things that we just talked about, I've been doing proactively to get ready for the end of the school year. And I feel like each year, which this comes with experience too, and it changes school to school. So it's hard to stay on top of it year after year if you're changing schools, but um, just doing less, um, but better. But I feel like even the way I filed papers this year was I was keeping up with less. I was sending more home, keeping less at school, which made my folders pretty much ready to go when it was time to file them. And then in other parts of my life, being comfortable saying no to stuff, even if the person that I'm, you know, saying no to might not like it initially, um, that allows me to be able to say yes to things that I really want to do. And, and not to say that when I say no, it's not something that I'm not interested in, but I'm really trying to abide by that if it's not a hard yes, then it's a hard no. Um, just because that, yeah, I might be into that. And then like having the obligation of, like it's always important to me to follow through if I've told someone that I'm gonna go to something or do something or whatever. And I expect that they do that for me too, if they've told me that they're going to. Unless, you know, something reasonable comes up. But things that I'm just kind of neutral about, but then I talk myself into it kind of thing. I'm really trying not to do that because I think that unbusy time of just hanging out at home or whatever it is you're going to do instead can feel really therapeutic sometimes um, instead of like forcing yourself into some sort of obligation that you're not sure you want. If it's something that I think I might really enjoy, then I, I would be on the side of going for it. If it's something that I feel kind of reserved about, like I'm not sure if I will enjoy it, then I kind of think, why put myself up for this obligation? <laughs> and I'm just trying to do that and also make sure that I'm prepared that people aren't going to like that. And I am. Like there's a lot of things at work that go on and I say, oh yeah, I'm not going to go to that. And they kind of look at you like, really? But if it's not required, then it's optional. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I know that sometimes requirement is implied rather than stated. And that happens a lot in our career, um, especially in the culture of, you know, the teaching community. But yeah, I feel like if it's not required and I don't want to go, then I just get to be a big girl and I get to say, no, I'm not going to go to that. And, and not saying a reason. Cause I've even noticed like with teaching, you know, if you want to take off, they want to know why. And they're not legally allowed to ask, but it's still like implied that you're going to tell them. Or if you sign out in the petty leave book, it asks the reason. And I just put in a, <laughs> and no one's ever asked me about it, thankfully, but I just feel like that's important. You shouldn't have to give a reason for why you want to or don't want to do something. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just kind of owning that. I, I haven't experienced a lot of backlash for it, but I'm just trying to do it more when I really want to. So I'm preparing myself for when the backlash does come because I don't, I don't want to feel like I have to give an answer. I've definitely experienced indirect sort of dishonest mm -hmm. backlash where it comes around in another area and they're not saying it's because of that and then it comes over here which oh, is frustrating yeah. but you know it is what it is and like I if you say no to one thing they say no to something else or uh let me think of an example 
if you say no to something, then they try to find some other way to make a dig at you in oh. another setting, like yeah, professionally or yeah, at lunch or you know, yeah, just something silly or like. And that's the thing is it's so petty, and and that's what I want to stay away from. I feel like it's petty for me to feel like I have to go to something, and I feel like it's petty for people to, you know, put pressure on you to make you want to do something. Yeah. I try to ignore that stuff. Even if yeah. I notice it, I try to just pretend like it didn't happen. Well, I've always kind of gone by the rule, too. Like, even in personal relationships, if I don't want to spend time with that person or I don't want to do that activity, then you should say no. Because, I mean, if someone didn't feel like hanging out with me on that particular day or didn't want to go see the movie that I invited them to on that particular day, then I would want them to say no. Yes. You don't want someone to show up that doesn't really want to be there with you or doing that thing. That's not fun. Exactly. I say that all the time. Like, like just say no. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't want someone to date you out of obligation. <laughs> right. You don't want someone to I don't be want your friend, a friend to go on a date with me for an obligation either, you know? Yeah. It's, it's just not fun. Exactly. And then I don't enjoy myself. They don't enjoy themselves. And then I feel like we're more, we're less likely to not make a future plan together. Mm-hmm. And, and I think, like... I, I get what, why people do it in terms of thinking, like, you're kind of compromising for a friendship. Because I get it. Relationships uh, yeah. have and that. And sometimes you do have to do that. But I don't think that's most of what goes on. No. And I think, actually, when you overcommit yourself to all these things that you don't really enjoy, then you have no room to compromise on the things you don't enjoy for the people that matter. When you're going to all this stupid stuff you don't like. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then you're, yeah. like, done. Yeah. And that's the thing is... If saying no for no other reason is to conserve energy so I want to, you know, actually do the things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. And so if I say no to a show two hours away on a Friday night because I want to really say yes to a massage on Saturday morning and brunch after, then that works for me, mm -hmm. you know, and yes. it, you have to do what works for you. I feel like, yes, mine has a lot to do with choosing your productivity or your accomplishments. Well, uh, it's really easy if you're industrious at all to get saddled with a bunch of, you know, tasks, I guess. And I have a habit of caring, get like when I'm around people starting to care about what they think is success or what they think is important. Right. And I have to be really intentional about sticking to my own belief system and my thought life. So maybe nobody else even knows that I'm concerned about it. But if I spend an hour or even two ruminating on what somebody doesn't like about what I'm doing, that's a waste of my, my thought space. And I really, um, been trying really hard this week, which is hard when you're tired, but trying really hard this week to be intentional about refocusing and recommitting my thought patterns to choosing to be content and happy with my choices, even when other people's reactions are negative. And I certainly have, like, even just this afternoon, slipped back into, like, getting all in a tizzy about it. Right. But really, like, at the end of the day, I'm happy with the choices that I've made, mm -hmm. even though they have not always been received well and I feel good about what I'm doing and there's no reason to just because again I come across someone who feels differently to start doubting myself or be miserable in my own head like I have to keep 
the course. Basically. And that's hard when you're exhausted too, because you're naturally just a little more grumpy. Mm-hmm. I don't mean you; I just mean everyone. You but, can mean me though. <laughs> that's fine. You know, like, and and so when people do come down on you for stuff, like it's really hard when you're tired to turn your mood around or to turn your thoughts around to just say, "All right, that was just one incident. The rest of the day has been awesome. Yes, this is really their issue, yes. not mine." Mm-hmm. You know, and it's okay if you need to reaffirm yourself, like, I did the right thing. I Mm -hmm. don't need to be anxious about this. Mm -hmm. I need to move forward, you know. And and I think that's hard, and I I dare say anything about women or men these days, but I think that is, like, a bigger issue in a predominantly female career Mm -hmm. because there is so much more emotional drama tied to it. And it doesn't have to be. Not everybody's like that. But we have a really large team. And thankfully, we're pretty drama-free. But you do have to really kind of be mindful about stepping on toes or hurting feelings or something like that. And that doesn't come easily for me. I like to say what I like to say. And I'm okay with people saying what they want to say to me. But not everybody functions like that. So sometimes I'm definitely not perceived like I mean to be. Um, and my intentions don't come across, <laughs> across as I intend them to, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because they're not received as I intend them. They're received, they're received by, you know, the thoughts and feelings of the other person. And that's really hard for me to grasp because I feel like a strength of mine is probably compartmentalizing mm-hmm. and it's okay for me to just say, poof, they're in a bad mood and then go on. You know what I mean? But not everybody's like that. And not every day do I feel like that. If I'm in a, a funk, you know, maybe it rubs me the wrong way too. Like that's just human nature, I guess. But that's kind of, it goes back to what we talked about a few weeks ago, assuming positive intent, you know, like yes. when someone comes, even if they're coming to complain to you or at you or, you know, give you orders of something to do, then I feel like you can hear them, but you can just listen and like not beat in. And it's hard when you feel like you're being attacked, you definitely want to defend yourself, you know? But sometimes I feel like it's so much more peaceful to just say, okay, when they're done. Because if they come in with the intent to like bark at you and all you say is, okay, no problem, I'll get it done. It kind of kills their fire and that's very gratifying, (laughs) you know? Yeah, it is, you're right. Like, they really wanted me to get worked up, and I didn't get worked up. Mm -hmm. And it's good to be proud of yourself when that happens because, I mean, that's what they were trying to do, and you didn't let it happen. And normally, maybe you're the type of person that would let yourself get riled up, you know? And so it feels awesome when you're really in control of your thoughts and your behavior. (laughs) And it sometimes feels great when you're not. (laughs) But, But I feel like in a professional setting... It, it sometimes is really gratifying when you're able to just say, okay, no problem, and just let it roll. Because mm-hmm. they did not get what they wanted from you in that moment. And that's, like, I feel like that's a victory in some ways. Oh, gosh. I feel like that's happened to me so much. Like, where I'm just, like, moving on with my life. And it, I've seen it escalate with other people, though. Where, like, they get more and more annoyed that I'm still not mad. <laughs> like... Week after week, month I feel like after month. this person's month. keeping tabs. <laughs> and I'm still like, hi. You know? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't know. Try it out for those of you listening. Next time someone comes in and you know they're there to bark at you, 
just hear it and then gently meow back. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. I'll take care of it. Or, I mean, and I know, like, I love crucial conversations. That's, like, just a, a true passion of mine. I like to have crucial conversations, but I also like the Somebody. philosophy of it, you know? I know someone that said that about you. <laughs> they were like, this person, <laughs> they're like, Shaylin likes to have important conversations, even if there's conflict involved. And I was like, yeah, I, I know. And I don't think you meant that as a compliment, but <laughs> I think she would take it as one and I see it as one. Yeah. That's such I a strength. It's, it's hard. I feel like people stay away from the hard topics and like, that's not how you grow. And you that's know? how you get past it too. Yeah. Like, would you rather be behind it or in front of it? I would always rather be in front of it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't feel like crucial conversations should turn into arguments. That's the reason that you use the blueprint of that whole conversation yep. guide. There's a guide. Um, there's a plan. Yeah. There's a reason. There's, there's a way. Yes. Um, so yeah, I love those, but I, I do find that it's so successful when you implement it consistently, like people kind of stop bugging you. Um, they can they don't come to you to like bark at you because they know that you're going to follow these principles and they're not going to get that from you. And not to say I'm perfect. I'm certainly not. Some things piss me off just like they would anybody else. Yeah. But I do strive to make sure that, you know, I never get hyped up about anything. And if they are trying to, I guess, handle the conversation. You know how some people just kind of take over mm -hmm. the conversation because they want it their way and they're not open to hearing other people's ways? Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that I'm, like, the least likely to let have their way. Because I know that that has happened so many times in the past. And they haven't had a chance to grow. And I know they don't care about growing in the moment, but there's no way that those people reflect back on those conversations and feel good about it. Yeah. You know, like, you looked like a moron because you lost your temper and you, or you cried because you didn't get your way. Like, mm -hmm. those types of things in a professional setting aren't what I feel like success is. Mm-hmm. And oh. I don't think you feel accomplished. Like, you were talking about accomplishments. I don't feel like that feels like an accomplishment when you walk away. Mm-mm. Not at all. It's not fun at all. I, I relate yeah, to that right. more in personal Whoever said dealings. that about me would be correct. Well, I don't hilarious. shy away from the hard stuff just because it's hard. Yeah, well, and to me, you know, that's a sign of actual leadership is if you're willing to have a hard conversation. Whereas I think people kind of value, in some places I've been, they really value this idea of being laid back, which professionally I do not value that. <laughs> Like, I, I don't think that really see the appeal professionally. Well, but. but I don't see the appeal of that at all. Like when people no. say that to me, that doesn't sound at all positive and people think it is. And to me, it's like very hard to even like converse about in those terms because I'm like, what? Like laid back. We're dealing with students here. Or we're These dealing with children. things that matter. Yeah. And you can be laid and I'm back real passionate. and productive. You know? Well, but like, see, like I'm very passionate about what I do. And so for somebody to act like that's a positive thing, that's really hard for me to roll with. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've really learned that about myself, particularly this year, that that's not a good culture I think for me. you can be laid back, but still productive, effective, and your work can be meaningful. And that's why, I mean, it can't be synonymous with passive. Like, and I think that's what usually happens or laid back means cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm cool. Like, I, I say I go with the flow because I don't want conflict. 
And yeah. I feel like we've experienced that before. I feel like it's honestly disgenuine. Like disingenuine. Yeah. Is that the right? How do you say that? Yeah. It's not genuine. Because I feel like laid back would be, you know, not concerned about nitpicky things. Right. Whereas somebody that's detailed, like, wants it a certain way. Yeah. And that's me. Like, I'm a huge pain in the butt about stuff like that. And I... And that, you know, we've talked about this before. It's okay for children to ask questions and we encourage them to. But then when adults inquire about things, you're being defiant. And that that's just not how I think. And Well, and the thing that that's crazy because if I'm, like, literally in trouble for not doing it a certain way and I'm trying to clarify how you want me to do it, that's in no way being rebellious. That's no. That's me trying to understand what you want. Like, you don't get to yell at me if I don't know what you want, you know? Well, you don't get to yell at me at all. But well, yeah. I mean, that's figurative yelling. That's a phrase If anybody's yelling at you, you let me know. I'll come down. <laughs> we'll have a crucial conversation about that. No, I get what you mean, though. And, and that's the thing is, that's not healthy mm-hmm. or productive. But that that's what blows my mind. Like, you're upset because I didn't do what you wanted me to do, but yet you never told me how. Mm-hmm. And when I ask about it, you get mad. Mm-hmm. And those are the hardest types of people for me to work with because I learn through inquiry. I'm going to ask you 10 questions and they're going to be very semantic based and it might feel like I'm nitpicking. But one thing I can promise you is if you're, if you will tell me what it is you want from me, I will give it to you right the first time if you tell me what you want from me. Mm -hmm. So I feel like that's on them. If you don't want to tell me what you want from me up front, and you want me to read your mind or piece together 15 different emails with different directions, mm. then you should expect errors, mm. you know? <laughs> you should expect errors because no one thinks like that. Like, you just need to dance a little in my chair. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you give oh. me a checklist that tells me exactly what you want, yes. I will have it for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't try to read your mind. And, and I know no one's trying to read mine. But I know that it's also interesting because I'm like the first person to make a checklist or a template and send it out to everybody. And they're kind of like, oh, God. But then at the end, they knew exactly what to do. And then our and meetings time can be productive. Yes. Yeah. And so that's that's what makes me feel like an accomplishment is when somebody knows what I expect from them and they're able to feel successful when they come to the meeting or whatever the you know final gathering point might be. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for me. I feel like it's an accomplishment when someone asks something of me and I'm able to give it to them correctly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So they need to get on that. Mm-hmm. But speaking of work, I'm really into silicon, um, silicone, I guess. Silicons, what's in boobs, I guess. I've heard people or say Or silicon valley. I, I think know. silicon valley, it doesn't have... Well, if I want to use my teacher brain, cone is a VCE word, so should have a long O and a silent E. Okay. Um, (laughs) Silicone, reusable bags. Yes. So some of them are super expensive online, and I'm not into those, (laughs) but they do look cool. But I was thinking (laughs) it's so easy to pop in your purse or your travel bag, because obviously I have travel coming up, and I've been thinking of ways that I can even use less space and have less... um, rigid items in a bag mm-hmm. yes um so yes i could use a collapsible bowl or something like that but these bags are easy to like fold up but then you could just put a band around them or something to hold them even smaller and you could take leftovers away from a restaurant or something but then they go in the refrigerator freezer and the microwave so really you could just eat off eat out of them as well so it kind of takes away the whole 
problem of easy takeaways, but then also you don't have any garbage when you're done. Mm. You're going to rinse it I and like take that it with a you. lot. Yeah. So I know there's a lot of drama about silicone, though. Some people love it. Some people hate it. And some people think that it's toxic. And some people say it's okay. But anyway, I think if it's PVC-free and BPA-free and all the other things that I care about, then that's definitely a step in the right direction. And obviously, you're adding a more uh, dangerous element, if you will, when you microwave it, you know, than you are when you're freezing or refrigerating. Mm -hmm. But I think if you aren't you know, frying your food in there, then it's probably okay. Like, warm it up gradually kind of thing. Yeah. You know? And everyone argues against microwaving in anything yeah. anyway. We don't even have a microwave, but if I'm on vacation or something, I try to eat yeah. my leftovers, and usually you have a microwave when you're... Yeah, it's something. not like you're going to carry a glass container around with you. Right, yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking about that, and I thought, you know, that would be really awesome, because then I could just eat it right out of there, and I could wash it out and be done. Yeah. And it doesn't weigh anything, so I don't have to account for it in traveling either. Yeah. That makes me want to travel. So I've got so. a bunch of my Amazon shopping list. I'm <laughs> I just try haven't decided too. on which size or... I'm going to wait till you try them out. And tell me I know, right? Like. <laughs> okay, so. so earlier we talked about vegging out and uh, taking a break. Yeah, when I'm vegging out, I'm looking at Amazon silicone bags. <laughs> <laughs> my my current favorite veg is the Netflix show Schitt's Creek. You told me about that. It's hilarious. Not everybody loves it. I um, liked the dad from American Pie. And to be fair, I only watched a few episodes of it, so that's not really enough to judge. The but. son and dad are actual son and dad in real right. life. Um, I'm actually re-watching it. I liked it so much. I mean, it makes me laugh until I, like, almost pee my pants. <laughs> so Okay. And I'll that's... go check it out again. Like I said, I didn't... I don't think I gave it a fair chance. I think I gave it, like, a desperation watch one day. I was bored or something, and I turned upon it, and <laughs> I was like, meh. But... It's really good for me to, like, laugh hard like that, so um, I've really enjoyed that lately. <laughs> okay. I'll check it out then. Okay. If you say it's good, I'll give it a shot. But, um, it's not, I would say it's not totally like a veg show though. Right. Because it is smart enough humor that you're kind of yeah thinking about it. Right. Like, I don't know that when I'm super tired and about to fall asleep, it's something I want to watch. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not, not like, like Star Jersey Shore. <laughs> <laughs> Which is my like true veg I'm going to edit that out. I don't want anybody to know that we listen to, or that you watch that. I'm just kidding. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely into this, but this is also our, we were just thinking section two, the movie book smart was Olivia Wilde's, um, directorial debut. And I thought I went to see it with a couple of friends of ours and it was great. I, it was much more crude than I anticipated. And I think maybe the family that was sitting in front of us with their teenage girls were like, Whoa, when they left there, I'm sure there were lots of awkward silences in that car on the ride home. But it was so creative, and it it was inclusive but diverse, and it had so much diversity in it, which I thought was great because I know that we're trying to do that as a culture. And it was just exciting to see, you know, women like her with her first work, and then Mindy Kaling has that late night coming out with Emma Thompson. Mm -hmm. And um, I saw the other day that she actually wrote that with Emma Thompson in mind because she loves her. And it's kind of funny to see, like, a celebrity 
you know, drooling about another celebrity, but I thought that was really cool that she said, you know, I was just writing this film and I had her in mind. And when I, you know, proposed it to her, I really didn't have a backup plan. And I was so happy she said yes. And I thought, you know, like this lady's like made it, but she's still like hoping, you mm -hmm. know, so it's kind of cool to see that. But I just thought that that was really cool to see them rocking it as writers, producers, and directors because it's not new that women are doing these types of things, but it's definitely awesome that it's becoming a more common um, thing that is respected in film. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's gone under the radar for a while. It's the same thing in like music industry too, I feel like, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's good to see. I'm, yeah, I'm excited about that cultural theme too. Um, I got Birchbox recently for the first time. I've always been interested in subscription boxes, but recently they had this deal where you got two for one, and then one of them was all women-owned uh, cool. cosmetics and hair products and stuff, and so that's why I bought one. Yeah. And it was really cool. Um, I linked the article in here um, to Forbes, too, uh, talking about how they organized it, and it was just really exciting to... Yeah. see it on a popular uh -huh. thing, you know, not as like a fringe or... Which one is Birchbox again? Because I, I know that you've gotten FitFabFun Birchbox is the like first one of those, I think. Sampler? Yeah, it's like a little tiny beauty product sampler. Oh, okay. Uh, and it comes in really... The, the box that I got was had, you know, artists work on it so it was beautiful yeah. package and everything and the products everything I've used so far I really liked and some things I'm actually going to purchase which I really like that it's sample sizes I know I people know, want big like sizes it. yeah I know people want big sizes for less money but I actually prefer the sample size because I genuinely want to try it and see if that's something I want to purchase in the future and I don't like wasting so right um I really liked I had a I mean I think I signed up at a good time you know yeah. but uh yeah I was really it was really, how much is that per month uh it's I want to say it's $15 a box. Oh, how often did the box come? Or I think you just come? order it as you want to. Oh, okay. Or you can subscribe and the price might be different. But I only paid $15 for two boxes and there was a lot of stuff in there. What was that other one that I had? I don't know who sent me that. Ipsy. But Ipsy. That was per month, 10 bucks, and you got sample sizes of a lot of different stuff. And then you got the full size mm -hmm. of something. Um and they said that it was based on this quiz that I took, but I never took the quiz because I don't know who sent this to me. Um, so that might have been why those things weren't as me as I, <laughs> I hoped they would be. Um, so if you're listening and you sent me that, thank you. But I never knew who you were and it came for like a year. So Identify I don't think yourself. that was you. <laughs> Please let me know if you're my secret admirer that thought that I needed to wear makeup. but Or use anti-aging lotion or something. Um, but yeah, I thought those were cool. I like having those sample types of things because especially mascara, that's like my favorite thing that will come because you're only supposed to use those tubes for like three months anyway. Mm -hmm. So getting a, a sample tube, if you're a daily user, which I'm definitely not, you kind of run out when it's about that time. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of the perfect portion size for me. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I'll have to check that one out. I know you've had FitFab Fun too, but that was like all big things, right? Yeah. I was all excited about that one. Year. Yeah. I was excited about that one because it was my first one and I liked that it had a health fitness focus. Right. But it was full size stuff, all of it. And it was too big for me. Well, and we've, we've talked before about minimalism on the yeah. podcast. Well, 
yeah, the size of the stuff is just not ideal for me. I much prefer sample and trying things. and Or, like, the idea of maybe if you didn't like it, you could send it back or something. Right. Uh, because it was just too much stuff. I ended up getting rid of most of it. Yeah. I kept a couple things, and it was still cost-effective, but I felt wasteful. Right. So. Well, you know, if it's not a hard yes, it's a hard no. Exactly. <laughs> and and that's, that's hard. That's probably the hardest thing about minimalism. I think that... Not for me, because I don't like stuff, but in general, just saying no, the refuse part. I feel like a lot of people just don't like to say no to other people. Do you think that's an American culture thing? I don't know. It's hard, yeah. Like, even at Starbucks, when I'm like, I don't need this. I I literally have a car full of napkins. Please don't give me another stack of napkins. Or please make my coffee in the cup I just gave you. Oh my gosh, I know. That was funny last time when you said that they poured your coffee into I talk- <laughs> They do. They do that at Starbucks. They don't do that at like local coffee shops usually, but at the Starbucks here, I recently actually said something to the girl. I was like, you guys, <laughs> I need you to not... And she said, I'm trying to get my com- my this store to because a lot of their measurements are in the paper right cup. They're in they're plastic that's how they're cups. taught to exactly. make the drink yes. and she said she's trying to get that store to get reusable measurement cups and stuff so call starbucks and tell me tell them yeah it. let's stop wasting all this stuff because that's a that's a procedural problem right and because if they're trained to do it up, up, up. yes yeah. yes and they starbucks will react corporate, if yeah. you're listening <laughs> which we're sure you're not if you are. It's hip enough right now that Please. that might actually be fixed. So Yeah. That's awesome. So, well, anyway, guys, thanks for your support. We love doing this. We just had an idea one day and kind of turned it into what we wanted it to be. And it's not quite there yet, but it's on its way. Getting better every day. Yeah. And we really appreciate it when you guys tell people about us. That makes our listenership. I love that word. I don't know if it's real, but listenership grow and um helps us be able to make better content and please remember to subscribe and favorite on the platform that you listen to us on um so you get a notification when we post a brand new episode and that's every other sunday and we're going to be trying out the anchor video messages soon i have an ad in our podcast about it that kind of tells you a little bit about it and we would love to see slash hear from you um so hopefully we'll have that coming up in the next few episodes. Yeah, and my send-off for this week is get excited about something you're already doing. Uh, Sometimes I have to force myself, but it works, and then suddenly I'm just enjoying my life more. I hope you're able to enjoy some things this week that you may or may not have been remembering to do so. Yeah, that's awesome. And remember to be authentically you without without apology. apology. All right, apologizing or apologizing. I think we both... Yeah, I think that's important because we apologize a lot and it's hard to be authentically you when you're not sure what you is. (laughs) So (laughs) find you and then be authentically it. We'll see you next time.